You're listening to The Real King with Joe and Heidi King. Hey guys, we're really excited to be coming up on our one year anniversary with the podcast, The Real King. And we're hoping that you'll all join us uh, this December 8th at 6.30 p.m. at the Christian Family Center at 8600 Burnell Drive. Um, There is postings on every social media outlet that we're on, so feel free to go to those platforms, like and share. Uh, We're inviting you all to come out for a a night of worship and praise, and we're going to glorify the Lord together. What better way to close out this year than to do it in unity? So we look forward to seeing you there. I had a thought come to me that a lot of people talk about God like he left the room when they leave church. On that same thread, people do that with their gifts. We need to have some respect and reverence for the gifts that God gives us because he's aware of our feelings. He's aware of our thoughts. He's omnipotent. The devil isn't. Mm -hmm. God is. And he's aware of the condition of our heart. And if we're ungrateful or if we're not. Yeah. And... We are walking out, doesn't matter how you feel, right now you are walking out the answers to prayers mm-hmm. from years ago, generations. You're fulfilling it. Mm-hmm. So because not every, not every generation not everybody picked it up. calls like, like his God followers. Correct. So like you, there could have been prayers from like your great, 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 great yes. <laughs> grandfather that prayed like, Lord, send somebody yeah. to do this or this specific thing. And then like five generations could have passed. And because th- when you say that, people are like, well, there was definitely nobody praying into my situation right now. They don't know. But you don't know like how many generations it could have been before you. A hundred percent. Can you imagine if you gave Heidi her wedding ring? And then she thought you weren't listening, but everywhere she went, she was comparing her ring to the girl next to her. Yeah. The size, clarity, quality, um, her gift, she was constantly comparing it. And she would go, I can't go in there because that woman has a way better ring than me. I can't go in there because that woman has way better this, that, or the other than me. Yeah. I, I can't fellowship with these people because I'm not ready. I don't have the you're given the thing and then you turn around and you say, Nope, not good enough. I don't sing as good as that person. I don't have the same. My congregation isn't as big as that person's like, and God gave us a gift and gave us talents to steward. And that's how we talk about them. And you'll never get, as if he's not listening, Mm -hmm. you'll never get into his courts. Right. Because you have to come in with thanksgiving and praise. So that's been on my heart. Heavy by nature we're comparative right Mm -hmm. like biology and human nature is i'm going to compare this thing and that thing i want the better apple so i'm going to look at the two and i'm going to compare and i'm going to take the better one but when your kid draws you a picture and hands it to you Mm -hmm. you don't go this is nice but another kid could draw a way better one or they they make you something to eat Right. Like somebody makes you something and you, they give it to you and they want to watch you try it. 
Yeah. And Dad it, gets really upset because every time somebody does that, they're like, you know what would make this really good? Yes. He hates that because he's like, that is so rude to the person that gave it to you. Yeah. Like he would, he would fully get up and leave a room. When I, when I cook for somebody and, and I give them a plate and they immediately start to alter it with salt and pepper and mm-hmm. like you didn't even taste and it. And crema. Yet. He's attacking me right in front of my face as if I'm not even here. Yeah, but I always make you try it before you start making I've it I've literally done that. Try it. Do you, you remember like that? It. Do you remember that one day? I was like, just try it before you smother it in crema, please. Mm-hmm. Don't need to. It's so funny. But... I just think how often I've, I probably have found myself doing that. Like God gives you a body that you're capable of using and to do things. Maybe it's not the most active. You right? should hear our qualms with that. There's times where I go into like a borderline meltdown of like, how is it that I have to be convicted by the Holy Spirit about this, 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 and this? And I'm surrounded by people that seem to have things going well in their life and they're socially doing things that are unacceptable. Yeah. And what do I say? Because you have a higher calling. So those are those gifts though. Yeah. Like if you are called to a specific thing that God called you to be. Yeah. Then your convictions. Yeah. (laughs) Like if you need to be at a certain place are going to be stronger so that God mm-hmm. can get you there. And so a lot of the times when when people go like, why are they not convicted of that? that, that, yeah. that it's because, well, there's obviously a very specific thing on your life that needs you to be mm-hmm. called higher. Yeah. The gifts of the spirit operate like that. So yeah. a gift of faith, mm-hmm. a gift of faith is different than the measure of faith that you've been given. Mm-hmm. The measure of faith you've been given allows you to be able to be saved and have salvation. It takes faith in the unseen to have that. Now, a gift of faith is a supernatural endowment of faith that God gives to people that he knows are going to step out, regardless of circumstance. Mm -hmm. So a gift of faith is the ability to see the miracle done before you get there and even if you don't see immediate results, you don't waver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a gift of faith. Yeah. yeah. Gift of prophecy. Very different than prophesy. Mm-hmm. Because everybody can prophesy. The Bible says all can prophesy. Yeah. Which means we can all speak, speak. into si- yes. situations yep. and, and speak to the mountain, Come be on. thou removed and cast into the sea. Yep. But to have an actual and gift of don't prophecy doubt in your heart. Yep. where God is speaking yeah. through you. Yep. Um, for a word for another person. Yeah, yes. or, or a or community a or, yeah. or a country. Yep. Yep. Um, you can always tell the difference with prophecy in a gift versus prophesying. Um, a lot of people that were prophets in the Bible uh, had real struggles because yeah. they were given prophecies that were corrective in nature that... People lost their life. It's tough. Well, we should be really be, it should be an exercise that we do daily to prophesy. Mm -hmm. Like if you're driving your kids to school, Mm -hmm. you should, you and your kids should be prophesying over the day, over Mm -hmm. their life, over their grades, over their test results, over everything. Yeah. If you go to the doctor, you prophesy over yourself. I'm healthy. I'm whole. All of those things. Most of the people that I've found that have a quote unquote gift of discernment use it primarily for the negative 
to, yeah. to seek out and expose negativity. Sometimes people claim they have a gift of discernment and they got straight up anxiety. <laughs> anxiety and skepticism. <laughs> yeah. They're a skeptic about everything. Yeah, They're truly. wounded. Yeah. They're wounded and yep. and they may have a the like a small uh amount of discernment, but when it's when it's never for the good, mm-hmm. when it never edifies the body, yeah. That's a scary situation to be in mm-hmm. because power of life and death is in the tongue. When you're coming against the body of Christ, called men and women of God, mm-hmm. you bring curses on yourself. When I was listening to Bill Johnson last night. Hi, Bill, if you're listening. Yes, you man of God. <laughs> you have been. Shout out, Bill. Quite a, a voice into my spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see the scripture where it says, heap up, bless your, bless your enemies and he, heap up. Pull it up real quick. He actually went into the context and why that was written. And there was a place um, in the city where they would keep an ongoing fire with coals that you could go and take from so that you could go back into your home and cook. Right? And these people would go and they'd take their pot and they'd fill it full of coals and they'd put it on their head and they'd carry it back through the streets. And people that had already, that were closer to where the coals were, um, if they seen people walking past and it looked like their coals were going out, they would add coals, you know, and they would keep it going so that when they made the trek home, by the time they got home, they'd still be able to cook. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap up coals of fire on his head. Yeah. Mm. But there was there was some context that he was talking about where, where you would be blessing them. So their fire wouldn't go out by the time they got home. And even though they weren't your friend or your, you know, they, they would have unearned blessing Mm -hmm. when it came to getting home and and having their their fire so when we think about um you know the power of life and death in the tongue and and how we actually approach conflict in the body we approach god and what he is or is not doing according to our standard What, what he's given us yeah yeah you you look at scripture and the laws of attraction Pastor and I were just talking about this. When when you look at scripture, it says God gives seed to the sower, mm-hmm. right? So why does he do that? Because he knows the sower is going to plant the seed. He's going to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. You're going to get rid of it all. Like my, my silo outside full of grain, I fill that with the harvest. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I put it in the silo instead of taking it to market is because I'm trying to wait for the cost, what they're going to pay me for the harvest the to go up. Mm-hmm. And then I want to sell it at like the most opportune time for yeah. myself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when, when I'm looking at seed for the sower and attracting things to myself, whether it be blessing, whether it be miracles, finances, whatever, I need to create a positive vacuum 
in my life. So like if I need a healing in my body, right? Mm -hmm. I need to look for people that need healing in their body. Yeah. And then I need to speak into that and I got to lay my life on the line mm -hmm. and throw my all into to seeking God and, and praying in faith that they would receive their healing. When I'm done pouring out, now there's a big empty space in me that God can feel, fill with more healing, mm -hmm. right? So we're, we're constantly uh, supposed to give out. We're supposed to try and pour into others. We're, mm -hmm. we're constantly supposed to be sowing that seed, and then he'll give more seed to the sower. The people with the talents, the ones who invested it. Yeah, if you're faithful in little, he'll give you much. Yeah, if you invest it, then then he'll he'll actually take people who've buried theirs, he'll take their talents and they'll he'll put it in you. So when it comes to like talents, like actual physical talents. Yeah. <clears throat> that's some of the giftings that like I was talking about. Like I'm not gonna call anybody out, okay, but if you've been been given the gift of art. Mm-hmm but you find yourself unable to worship God with that gift because you're going to compare it to someone else's. I'm not saying you, but in general, because they're afraid of what that might end, the end result would look like. Mm -hmm. Right. And they are self-deprecating. Yeah. A lot of people are self-deprecating. So I've been very careful in how I steward my musical gifts. Right. Number one, this is a personal conviction. I don't play secular music. If, if I've ever, it's been for like a wedding or something and it was like a part of a song years ago, mm -hmm. but that is a personal conviction. I can't even remember the lyrics to secular songs. Yeah. Like even if I tried, I can remember the tune, but I can't remember lyrics or anything to secular music. <clears throat> Number two, I've never, I've been very intentional in not comparing myself to other people because my gift is unique to me and everybody that has a gift, especially of the arts, it's unique to you as a person. Yeah. Cause your personality comes up. Yes. And you can't compare it to that of others because their personality comes out in theirs. I mean, I'm talking, there's a ministry of beautification for like hairstylists mm -hmm. and people that do nails and makeup. I'm there. There are so many different applicable gifts and people often confuse their trade for and especially if it's artistic they confuse a trade for simply being a job and not actually a gift or a ministry <clears throat> right and it's common like Heidi you have a gift for planning mm -hmm. you have like you have certain gifts like that and but I don't know if we always think about it as a gift because we have to use it in work. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so you're like, well, that's not a gift. It's just something that I learned while I was working. Yes. But how many people do you know call you up and they go, Heidi, I need your help with this because I know you have a knack for it and I don't. Mm -hmm. That's how like that's a, a gift that you have, a talent that you have. And I've always been very intentional in not being comparative with mine. Because I feel it's, that's one of the important ways that I steward it. The other is, if I'm asked to play, and I'm, if, I, if I'm asked to do something, 
ministry wise, I don't say no. I try not to. It's very rare mm-hmm. that I say no. Because that's how I, that's my conviction. What I've seen others do is they are given a gift and they start to compare with everybody else's gift. And like, we've all been there, right? We've all been like, you know how on Christmas morning, I feel like you two are very intentional about like giving your kids the look. Like you better be thankful for their gift. Mm -hmm. You say thank you and you don't toss it aside and you like take a moment to appreciate it. Yeah. How often are we taking a moment to appreciate the gifts that God's given us rather than saying, yeah, yeah, but what about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he knows the condition of our heart. Yeah. Even to the point of a list. Like, mm-hmm. so Joe, we, well, he doesn't allow it. The kids will make lists for me. Yeah. But I always have to put out there, this is just to start me with ideas. There's a good chance you're not going to get one thing on this list. Mm-hmm. And like that also like a lot of us come with that list for the Lord, like, Oh, hundred percent. This is what I want. Yeah. I, I'll serve you, <laughs> but these are my conditions. Yeah, well, like, and, I need to get that. Yeah. In a spiritual posture, when, when you ask God for something, right, let's say it may benefit you greatly in your health or your finances or your community. Are you going to give God the glory for it? That, and how does it further the kingdom? Right. So mm-hmm. you look at um, you look at the the man who needed healing at at the at the gate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he was in a position where the men of God passing by to go into the the synagogue could could get to him they didn't like go hunting Mm -hmm. for an opportunity to minister to that man right you know what i mean we were just reading in bible study about how um when jesus healed the one guy it we were um in mark and and it was talking about how he healed this guy he said go and tell no one Mm -hmm. and the guy immediately went and started declaring what had happened and it caused such a stir in the city that Jesus had to leave the city yep. and go out into the countryside and a multitude followed him, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And they started bringing their sick and their, their demon possessed and all this stuff to him. They all had to go yeah. to where, where Jesus was at. They had to, like, what am I doing? If I'm watching everybody around me walk in blessing, what am I not doing that they're doing? Are they putting themselves in a position to receive? Yeah. Are they going out of their comfortable lifestyle to, to you know, I, I fasting is like so, so huge in, in, in getting into a place of intimacy with God and people don't want to do it and they'll fight you on mm-hmm. it. I don't have to do that. I was talking to somebody the other day about our beginning of the year fast and the water only part of it. And they're like, so you didn't do like a Daniel's fast? And I was like, no, I didn't do a diet. Now I'm not being condescending. Yeah. But for the, for the answers that we were seeking and the intimacy that we were looking for with God, it had to be all. Mm -hmm. 
It had to be all. And that was something that... Specific for that time. Specific for you, specific for that time. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, but if Mm -hmm. you look at me and you say, well, it's just so easy for him to just talk to people. It's so easy for him to keep a conversation going. I'm sewing into that. Yeah. I'm sewing into that. And how am I sewing into that? I'm not just giving God five minutes a day. But when he was talking about if you're surrounded by people that are in blessings and you're not walking in it, you're wondering why you're not walking in it. Yeah. That goes back to, though, you have no idea what people are putting in behind the scenes. No clue. Like you have zero clue what someone is doing. Mm hmm. In order to have them walk in what they're currently walking yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we, what is the posture and the position of our hearts as it concerns what we currently have? Mm-hmm. Are we thankful or are we constantly picking it apart, comparing it to the gifts of others and ungrateful overall? Mm-hmm. And it's, it, you can definitely, like, I, I guarantee that probably everybody that is listening has gone into this box at least once yeah. because when you start to follow Jesus, you get pulled in, drawn in by the Holy spirit and you see these men and women of God mm-hmm. that are just fire. And you're like, make me like them, Lord. Like yeah. make sure your definition is right too. Cause you said when you start to follow Jesus, are you following Jesus or is he following you? Yeah. Because this is, this is the thing. When you think about fire and being a light, right? When this scripture was written in context, they did not have electricity. Right. We are so used to a turn on, turn off light switch type of faith. Okay, now's a good time to use it. Flip it mm-hmm. on. Okay, I'm going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and I'm going to eat wings and watch the fight and... Somebody's going to have a beer. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to flip it off. At what point do you realize following him, picking up your cross and following him, you don't have the option of putting the cross down until he tells you? Yeah. What's your favorite fruit of the spirit? Is it long suffering? <laughs> Truly. Because I don't, th- like, if you really go there visually, like, okay, when you decide to follow Jesus, you pick up a cross. Yeah. How scenic of a route are you going to take it? Yeah. Are you going to, are you going to hill climb with that thing? Right. Like you have to go from point A to point B and you're going all the way around the block and you needed to go next door. It's the instrument that'll be used for your death, your spiritual, physical death, but it's also going to be glorified as a representation of your resurrection, mm-hmm. just like Christ. Yeah. But the the road to get there is filled with persecutions. It's mm-hmm. filled with abuse. So when you think about okay, um, God, I'm 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 really want to to be a good Christian person, and I really want to walk in all the blessing and all the promises. But do I want to do it all the time? Mm-hmm. Right. I was in a lady's house today and we were having conversations and she's going to have a surgery. And I found myself talking to her about spiritual things 
and what God's been doing in our lives. And I was sharing with her about the podcast. Um, we, we went about eight different directions in conversation. Mm-hmm. And at one point, God had me explaining to her, she was talking about my name. I said to her, you know, my grandfather actually chose my name. And I said, it's ironic because we do biblical dream interpretation. I've always been a dreamer. And, and I started explaining. And all of a sudden we started talking and God um, allowed me to explain some things the way I see it, the way he makes my mind work in dream interpretation. And I've never had it come out so fluid especially talking to somebody who's not of the same faith as me. And I was able to explain, like, this is how I see this. And when I see this in a dream, everybody's mind goes to this, but this is where my mind goes. And I started sharing with this, and we ended up in this in-depth conversation. And then I got to share with her how I was going to be praying for her because she's going into the surgery. Now, tonight on the way here, she texted me because she had to leave, and she said, by the way, I got home. Everything looked great. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And there was like two different times in our conversation today where God gave me recall of our previous conversations about her parents and different things like that, mm-hmm. right? And every time he'd bring something up like that, it it shifted things to where she realized that I listened and was present in all Mm -hmm. our previous conversations. I couldn't do that if I wasn't constantly in conversation with God. Mm -hmm. Like even on my bad days. Yeah. Even when Heidi and I aren't getting along or me and the kids aren't getting along, there's, I'm in and out of repentance constantly. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm very aware of premeditated sin, and I try to stay away from it. I think that's the thing, right? Like, you're aware of an ever-present God. And I think that sometimes people, they check out when they leave church, or they check out when they're not at home, and they check out. It's They compartmentalize, but God doesn't. Mm-hmm. He's looking at the whole you all the time. Yeah, you don't have off time. Right. Mm-hmm. And biblically, I mean, he talks to you in your sleep. You know, his spirit ministers to your spirit in your in your REM cycles. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's ever present. If he he's, can, right? He's, yeah, and he's trying to, you know, he says, I'll come and dine in you and you'll dine in me. He's mm-hmm. trying to have a meal with you all the time. It's weird that he mentioned that because I have been on a name journey all day. Have you? All day long. Um, because my morning devotion was talking about names. Hmm. And it was talking about what Joe has always been saying forever. So the, the, whole, the whole thing is weird because I was even talking to a coworker about names earlier before I even did that devotion. Because I don't do my devotions a lot of times in the morning. Like I'll read like the daily scripture in the morning and then later on in the afternoon I'll like do my mm-hmm. devotion. And <laughs> I was on the phone to this woman today because we got talking about both of our husband's names are Joe. Oh. And 
I was like, well, it's funny that you say that. I want to hear about your Joe. Because when I married my Joe, we got in so many fights about what we were going to name our kids because he was convinced that if he knew somebody with this certain name, I can't name my kid that because they did this mm-hmm. or they did that or they did that. A lot of people are like that. Yes, they yeah. are. And I always thought it was the weirdest thing. And once like you're married to Joe for a while, you start to adapt like his understanding of things. And so I started to notice that in many situations, probably at least 90% of the time, a lot of the names of people, they get a stereotype because they all have very similar personality traits. Mm-hmm. Like these things start to come out. And I've like been like noticing this for years now since Joe started talking about it. And so like we're talking about our Joe is and if they have any similarities and stuff like that. Did they? Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, was it all the bad ones or what? (laughs) No, she said. Well, one thing about my Joe is he's always gonna like fight for a point, even if it's not the most popular one. And I was like, absolutely, my Joe would do that, like a hundred percent, just to be able to like bring like the little guy up and like get that point across, type of thing. And then she was like, and he always picks to just pick. Like, he's got to, like, rile people all the time. I was like, "Uh uh-huh. I get off the phone to her, and I open up my devotion, and the entire devotion is about names. And how you are named something that has a meaning attached to it. Yeah. And so for years, you have that constant name being spoken over you. Yeah. Day after day after day after day after day. Mm -hmm. And then it was talking about how sometimes that works out for people's benefits, but sometimes it doesn't. It's like a curse. Sometimes it doesn't because the you don't get to name yourself. So like the person that named you, if it wasn't like a good thing. Our parents were very intentional. Yeah. Like if it wasn't a good thing. Mm -hmm. Everybody in the Bible was too. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking about how that's where God comes in and he he gives you another name and he gives you the name that you are called to be mm-hmm. and like he calls you by that name. And so it was like talking about all this stuff. And so I was like, well, I'm just curious, like what my name, what my name and Joe's means right in Hebrew. And Joe's was Yosef, which is crazy sauce. Because you call him Because that? I call him Yosef all the time. Had no clue that that was his name in Hebrew. So, like, my mind's being blown today. And it means to add on to. And, like, is that not Joe? Like, always, like, not only is he getting added on to, but he's always adding on to others. Like, that is, like, a constant flow that's happening. And then I was like, all right, what is Heidi? (laughs) This part freaked me out. Heidi in Hebrew is Esther, which means to hide. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my gosh, because, like, my nickname in the house is Hyde. (laughs) Like, Joe calls me Hyde. Me and Joe have been calling each other uh, the Hebrew (laughs) names of each other for years and, like, had zero clue. And, like, the Lord was just, like, doing a thing today. And it was talking all about names. And so when he said, like, we were talking about my name, I was like, that is, that's insane. Mm-hmm. You you can't 
you can't tur- flip it on and off. Yeah. That's that's the hardest thing to get across. When you first become a Christian, it feels like God just opens heaven. Mm-hmm. It's a new relationship. Everything is everything is easy, and then all of a mm-hmm. sudden, like you you get to experience prosperity and finances and health and all this stuff, and you feel good. Do you think it's easy though, because of how dark it was in the first place? Oh yeah. So yeah. here's the thing: how many times have you have you had a living room, for example, that you bought new? And everything in it was new. And you loved that furniture. You loved those paintings. You mm-hmm. loved every tiny bit down to the color of the drapes yep. in that living room. Mm-hmm. And then four years passes. And, and all of like, a sudden, you cannot handle being in that living room anymore. Yeah. It's the most disgusting thing you've ever seen. I can't believe how I ever was like squalor. that. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's those types of like that can be very spiritual so when you first come to christ Mm -hmm. it's like that you were such you were in a bad place and so lost and destroyed in the first place that just that very light and being in the presence of it was like this whoosh and caused you to be so thankful for absolutely everything Mm -hmm. and then as time goes on you lose first we allow ourselves mm-hmm. to lose that yeah you, you lose what was done for you in the first place we do that in marriage yes you become so lackadaisical we are called to open the door he, he stands at the door and knocks yeah we open the door he comes in we're now in a relationship and then everything from that point on flips into you seeking him so he pursues you, persuades you. He uses the Holy Spirit to draw you in. Mm-hmm. And then once you make that choice, that conscious decision, he's like, okay, now you have your salvation. Yep. Now, to go any further, you have to seek me. Mm-hmm. That's the part that people miss. And it, yeah, because it's got to be intentional and it's it's got to be often. So if... If I only sought you out one time a month for intimacy in our marriage, right? And we've been married a hundred years. Yeah. We've been married 18. Lo- like yeah, is it 18? 18 years. 18 in December. 18 years. So if we were only intimate 18 times in our marriage, right? <laughs> but we still argued and fought the same amount of time we do. We still went and did the things we do the same, right? Mm -hmm. You'd have fallen apart a long time ago. We wouldn't have that connection. That We wouldn't have that constant tie soulishly and physically. Mm -hmm. When we're in a relationship with God and we only show up to the parties, right? You show up to the the marriage like okay lord i receive you as my savior they want the you, you celebrate that and yeah, now the you have fun part your your engagement oh yeah lord i receive you and then you have the wedding you go get baptized and yep. now you did the next step now now it's honeymoon time now it's like wow you know this is my god this is who i serve he's so amazing and you all need him and then all of a sudden the the reception 
for the wedding is done, and now it's time for the marriage. Now we got to go back to work. Now we got to go back to life. Now we have to, we have to seek him to figure out what the call is on our life. It's got to be more than salvation. It's got to be more than just knowing that I'm saved. Now it's got to be an intimate relationship where, where we continue being saved. But we're like, that's like a lot of work. So I'm just going to go to, I'm, I'm just going to go to work and go back to life as, as I knew it. John fifteen seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, at that point, those are conditions. Mm-hmm. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you can ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Mm-hmm. But you have to meet the first two conditions that you abide in him and that his words abide in you. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the definition of abide? I'm glad you asked because I looked it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's to stay or dwell in a place to last you and continue mm-hmm. in that place. And that's the thing is like, you can't just, like you said, shut off a switch because he's ever present. And in order to fulfill your part of this, you have to abide in him yeah. mm-hmm. all of the time. And you have to stay there. Pitch a tent and grab a Snickers because you ain't going anywhere for a while. Yeah. Break out the communion because mm-hmm. you're going you're gonna to be there. Right. I think that's... Why also, though, can't we just be content in the moment? Like, that part gets me sometimes. Because the only way the devil is successful is if he... Discontentment is what caused people to fall. Yeah. Because it, it all of a sudden the garden wasn't good enough. This is like yeah. this is this is the thing though. Yeah. Is he the devil is only as powerful as we give him the power to do so. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you are just in this constant state of contentment, being content, just in that presence of him, no matter what circumstance is around you, you should be able to still laugh with him, be with him, enjoy him because the whole firm foundation thing, the whole Christ centered thing. If you truly have Christ as the center of your life, no matter what thing is around you, that should never phase you because the thing that's inside of you and the light that is inside of you will never dissipate or go out because that's your foundation. So no matter what's going, like you just showed me that video of Paul in prison, right? Like he didn't go into a place of, oh my God, you've forsaken me. I need a good lawyer. Look where I am. (laughs) I'm in a, like a dark, dingy place. Right. Why have you forsaken me? I get three phone calls, right? He Mm -hmm. didn't, he didn't go, well, I mean, I guess I can't guarantee he didn't go to that place, but his writings don't show that he necessarily Silas went to that to place. Worship they worshiped in prison. Yeah. Like Paul ministered to guards. Basically like the whole, well, we don't want to be persecuted or, or we don't want that. You know, we need to compare it to everything else and everybody else is living this lush life. It's all trash Yes, because mm-hmm. bottom line is no matter, no matter whether you're feel like you're walking out your calling or whether you feel like you have less giftings than your neighbor or whatever like qualm you might have right now, 
if you're content with just being and abiding in him, that is the key right there. Because no matter what circumstances on Mm -hmm. the outside, nothing is going to change the joy that you're experiencing from him. Yep. Yep. I've, I've been in like a couple of situations recently where, um, I was listening to somebody tell me about their spiritual warfare, right? Mm-hmm. That they were in the spiritual warfare. And I was listening and I was not judging, but all I could hear is they were wrestling with their flesh. It wasn't like spiritual warfare, like principalities, powers. It was their flesh. They were battling their flesh. They were battling their flesh. No, yeah. I'm in such spiritual warfare. And, and I, I, can, I can tell testimonies like supernatural testimonies. Like you remember when that witch and warlock put curses on me mm-hmm. and a, th- a thing, a, a creature came into our house like 13 times. Gross. And we're like, where's the door open, God? And all of a sudden, Pastor Lynette calls it like six in the morning, the morning of this thing, the, the last time. And says, hey, and I'm like, answer the phone panicked. Like, did somebody die? Like, what is going on? You'd never call me this early. Right. And she says, well, God woke me up praying at four, and I've been praying. Um, You have a customer named blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, I have like 500 customers mm-hmm. named that out of the 4,000 or whatever. Yeah. And she goes, well, this one's a witch. And all of a sudden, I knew exactly who she who she was talking about and she says yeah god woke me up because he's revealed to me that she's she's actually cursed and sent three spirits after you and she said the first one's a spirit of suicide second one's a spirit of anger third one not sure what it was but it's going to try and choke you and kill you and heidi and i had come unglued that night like I was literally like to the point of my spirit leaving my body, flew out of bed, like crying out to the Lord. She came out of bed praying in the Holy Spirit. And then we had to kick this thing out of our house, Mm. right? The spirit of death or whatever. So then fast forward, Pastor is telling me this. And I'm like, you have no idea, but this was like the 13th time in a row that this thing was in our house. Did you feel like immediate relief that like God was calling it out and revealing it? Not immediate. I was, I was actually, um, there was like a, a like, how could this happen? You know, mm-hmm. like I'm going to, I'm witnessing to these people. Yeah. I want to see them saved. I love these people. Mm-hmm. Like this doesn't make any sense. That's it's that, not the that's people. That's that whole comment on it, how can bad things happen yeah. to good people. It's not the people. And I'm like, I'm like, Either. I'm like, this isn't fair. Like, why would they yeah. want to kill me? I'm a nice guy to them. It's that whatever they're being dogged by, whatever so, they've come into communion with. She themselves. she prayed with us, and we felt a release, mm-hmm. and that thing was gone. And then it was weeks later, we ran into this person in public. They, like, plowed things over in a store to get away. Like, I seen them, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's them. You know, I'm thinking in my head. And then I, I thought, greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. Yep. I'm, not, I'm not going out like that. I'm, I don't have a spirit of fear. And no, I walked up, and I said, a sound mind. I said, hey, how are you doing? And this lady spun around and immediately went into panic and was like, I can't be here. 
I cannot be here. Where is this? And she turns to Heidi and she's like, where is this? And Heidi goes, I think it's over there. And she like, she's like, I got to go. I got to go. And she just peels, man. She's gone. Heidi's like, who was that? And I was like, that's so-and-so. That's the witch. And she goes, oh, my gosh, what do we do? And I said, let's go call my mom. Because that's what big boys do is they call their mommy. Yeah, Joe always calls his mommy. <laughs> so we went out in the parking lot. And, and I called her, and she gets on the phone, was and I got her on speaker. Was she fully unsurprised? Well, I was like, I was like we, just ran well, into, yeah. we just ran into that witch. And I approached her, and she panicked, and she ran out of the place. Like, I feel unsettled. What do we do? And she goes, well, we just we pray that there's a, a protection around you, that there can be no retaliation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, she was very strange acting. She said, yeah, because she's been exposed. Yeah. Those spirits probably went back and either let her know she was exposed or attacked her in the same way that she sent them to attack you. Right. That, to me, when I'm thinking spiritual warfare, I'm like, I've been through some weird stuff. So that, though, like, if somebody went through that, a lot of the times people would hightail it from Christianity. Mm-hmm. They're like, I'm not cut out for this. Like, no, I don't, I'd and rather then play what? it safe. Okay, so here's the deal. <laughs> not want to make no, any not. waves. Here's the deal, people. <laughs> you can choose to think that this whole with persecution thing is just too hard of a road to travel when, when you are a believer, Right. Because when you become a believer, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. And there has been a huge misconception about that. I wish that. it was all unexpected checks in the mail. Okay. But it's not. God blesses us all the time. But that does not mean that you get plucked from earth. Because no. you live on earth. Like, like there's still stuff. Like, you're, you're in an earthly atmosphere. He set a precedent of what <laughs> like, you can expect. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't just get, like, this, this magical bubble right. around you, right? Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, though. If you choose to hightail it the other way because the perse- persecutions are too hard, I don't have thick skin for this, I can't handle this, I'm just not cut out for this, be careful in that place because if you choose to walk away from it, you are going to end up in a way worse state than if you would have just stayed the course in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have firsthand experience of people that have been on fire for God and wanting to go for him. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, we're you're that whole thing where you don't know what's going on in the background of people. So we've had people in our lives that say, we want to just like do what you and Joe are doing because we love what you guys are doing and and we love this stuff. And then we start to tell them the behind the scenes stuff of how we got to where we're at. And they're like, well, I can't do that. That's too hard. And then we lose contact with these people. And then years down the road, they're, they're on the cusp of hell itself and having demonic things happen to them to the point of possible possession and that's the place that you go into if you choose not to pick up that cross and follow him. Yeah, you, you, you can't partner with the spirit of fear when you're called to be an authority. And it's not a matter of comparing what somebody thinks is spiritual warfare with, with spiritual things that we've actually survived and went through. But it really does make you uh, kind of evaluate, mm-hmm. you know, what 
what we're capable of, what, what we're called to, what, what we're not doing, what we are doing. And it, and it, it can't be a self-serving relationship. You, you cannot have a self-serving relationship where, where there's more I, Lord, me, Lord. Can you do this for me, Lord? I need this, Lord. Lord, I need you, right? Well, of course, you need the Lord. I need you, Lord. I, need, I, I pray that all day. Lord, I need you. Mm-hmm. Help me, Lord. I say that multiple times a day. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Because I know I can't do it on my own. But I also don't want it to be a self-serving relationship where it's transactional of him just constantly mm-hmm. getting me out of a funk, mm-hmm. getting me out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Like there's times like today where where he clearly puts me in a situation where this person was late for their lunch date with, with another professional in their profession because they wanted to hear the rest of what God was doing in my life. Mm-hmm. And all the glory went right back to God. And I talked to this person like they're going to a, a Pentecostal church with me. And I don't think they even attend church. But God opened that door. We can't expect to have all the things and compare our gifts to another's gifts if we're not willing to to have the same sacrifice. Absolutely. The same level of of giving. Yeah. When you when you think about tithes and offerings, everybody thinks monetary. Mhm. But it's time, it's prayer, it's fasting, it's it's 10% of you. Mhm. New Testament is all. All. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring yeah. all to the storehouse. Mm-hmm. Can I? Okay, I have two things. First of all, Joshua 24. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he says, um, put away the foreign gods. Yeah. And commit yourselves wholly. Yeah. Um, so everybody should go read Joshua 24. <laughs> I've had people argue with me recently. Well, I, I didn't engage it, but about yoga. Yeah, that's a big topic. I can right do now. Christian yoga. Well, <clears throat> I thought I that can. too, but I didn't know that the poses themselves were an act of worship. Right. But it says like, "I've given you a land for which you didn't labor, and cities that you didn't build, and you dwell in them, and you eat from the vineyards and olive yards that you didn't plant." And then he goes on to say, "Um." Now, therefore, reverently fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, because some people think that, Mm -hmm. choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Mm -hmm. We will serve the Lord. So that's that's something that came to me while you were talking. The other one that came to me was in Colossians. Let me grab it. Chapter 3. When it says, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, that's that's tremendous because our society right now is like you're not affirming my behavior yeah you're not giving me enough affirmation yeah if if you felt it was okay you wouldn't need me to tell you it's okay Mm -hmm. that's right i don't have to agree with you that's right so when we when we get in a relationship with god we're supposed to be a new creation in him and take on a new character his character Mm -hmm. right and it says 
in Colossians chapter 3, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called, in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all of it in the name of Jesus. Base, like literally, I can't say with any level of certainty that I could say in Jesus' name <laughs> after everything that I say and do. Mm-hmm. But that's the goal here. Mm-hmm. You know who used to do that all the time? George Coughlin. Mm-hmm. And it says, d- did he? And it oh, says, do yeah. all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Mm-hmm. And and that's really the gist of it. Like, we have to, we have to stop striving against God mm-hmm. and, and grieving him with what he's given you. I always, while we were talking about this, I kept getting this, Max is about to get his license. And it's like, you are going to get him a vehicle that you know that he can handle, that's going to be safe for him, and that he is ready for. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go out and buy him a Ferrari. Correct. No. You're not going to buy him a $55,000 car. You're not going to... Because you know that he has to get yeah. used to it. Yeah. He has to learn the ropes. It's Wisconsin. He has to learn how to drive in the snow. He has to... There, You know the cost and the responsibility that comes along with a much nicer vehicle Mm -hmm. so you're gonna start him with a starter vehicle you're gonna give him what he's ready for now he's likely going to be grateful yeah and if he isn't it will hurt you Mm -hmm. because you put your blood sweat and tears into finding him a safe and reliable car that he's ready for Mm -hmm. until he can prove that he's ready for something else yep and he turns around and he's like, this is crap. Yeah. Have you seen my friend's car? Mm-hmm. Mm. Have you seen, look at the uh, cars that every other kid, I told you exactly the car I wanted, you didn't give it to me. Mm-hmm. And look at every other kid and the car that they have. And now I'm not even going to drive it. Yeah. I refuse. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to drive this car. I don't even want people to see me in this car. And how often are we doing that to God? Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. We are so blessed to have the privilege to share with you. If you haven't already, please connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us by searching at The Real King Podcast. That's at T-H-E Real King Podcast. The Real King Podcast is recorded in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. It is hosted by Joe and Heidi King, who are joined each week by Christina Santamaria as a moderator and contributor. It is produced and edited by Joe and Heidi King and Carlos and Christina Santamaria. All content is under copyright and all rights are reserved.